What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. This is the sports edition. Nick the Quick back in the building. Yo. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk Bulls. They just wrapped up a ball game against the Warriors, 119-112. They dropped it. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the state of the Bulls, how we feel about these W's. I know you got a take on that. I got a take on that. We're going to go into depth about how we feel about the Bulls right now. A lot of stuff going on in the NBA. We're going to touch on that. A lot of pettiness going on. We're going to touch Super on that. Super petty. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of tough guys, a lot of pettiness. It's a lot of talking points, though, so we're going to have some fun on that. Then we're going to jump over to the Bears. It's a big offseason for them. Yep. We just got a new coach, Matt Nagy. We just got a new offensive coordinator, um, Mark, Mark Helrich. Helrich, yeah. So we're going to go into all that. And we retain my boy Vic Van Fangio. Yo, we're, yeah, I mean, the, the funny thing is, is yeah, we're, we're going to talk about all that. Yeah. We're going to talk about the deep Vic stand for the defense. We're going to talk about the new offense they're implementing. We're going to go into detail with all that, and then we're going to wrap it up with some AFC champ, NFC champ. Some new faces in there, some obviously the regular Pat boys. Yep. But we're going to go into that, talk about how we feel about going in the championship some weekend. Quarterback talk. Yeah, all that. No catch up Chicago, for Chicago, by Chicago. Listen up. Big Nick the Quick, Nick Harvey in the house. I'm back. What's going on with you? Not too much, man. What's going on with you? I'm just out here trying to stay warm, man. I Bro. don't know. I don't, every day I wake up, I don't know if it's going to be 30, 50, 8. I feel you. Snowing. I feel you. I don't I, know, I don't know what's going to happen, man. I'm just on alert. Yeah. I, see my car. I got a winter coat. I got a windbreaker. <laughs> I, I got boots. <laughs> I got gym shoes. I'm ready to go. I hear you. I hear you. I um. I just got back from the sun. Yeah, I saw that. Yesterday. So it was tough to come back. I was literally went from 87 on the beach and sunny to like got out like off the planet O'Hare. It was snowing. Right. So that shit was ugly. I think you missed that weird like 60 degree today. That was, that like, was the day that, that I week. left. The day like the left? night before I left. And then the next day it was 60. Yeah, it was like pool party weather. Yeah. And yeah. then a couple of days after that, I was like back, back was down like to eight. like whatever. Yeah. So. Yo, out in Tulum, Mexico, if you've never been, anybody listening, and you want to go catch a vibe somewhere, Tulum is this is the place to go. Yeah? Yeah, bro. Like, is it more of like a take your lady type place, or is it more of like a... You know what? It was a little bit of both. I could have seen me with you and the homies down there having yeah. a great time, and I was with my lady, and we had a great time. Right. Um... There was a I don't this is a thing, bro. I don't know if I went on a crazy good weekend or it's always like that. I think it was a little bit of both. Um I went down there, it was like sound it was called Sound Tulum. It was like a music festival. Yeah. So I mean, there was tons of DJs there, tons of parties running super late on the beach type thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was cool. Uh very vibey spiritual place. Like a lot of people there, you could tell like on some find myself type find shit. Find myself. I need to escape. I'm gonna escape, go down there. Yes. Live in a hut. Yes. Yeah. Wear hemp. The, the, whole, the whole, yeah. The, the whole thing. Yards. Like <laughs> the the per capita of white folks with dreadlocks. I've never seen any. Like <laughs> that. Like it was a lot of it was, that. It was a you high concentration me? of woke white people. Huh. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like there was a couple spots uh, we went where the DJ booth in front of it had like burning candles and like. You know, people come, like talking about the energy of the stars, just kind of that type of shit. Doing the whole like wave yeah. dancing, yeah, yeah. I but got you. yo, hey, to tons, own. yeah, tons of beautiful people, yeah, tons of beautiful girls, tons of good-looking guys. Everyone's fashion was on point, so I fucked with that. I mean, 
Everyone was just free. It wasn't anything where like you saw a ton of like drunk people walking around. Yeah. It was more people kind of they were on their drugs, rolling, just vibing, feeling the music. It's kind of, it's kind of the Mexico you want to go to when you're approaching thirty. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like it was like a Cancun cool kick might not vibe. Be, might not be the spot anymore. Cabo might not be right. Might not be the speed anymore. But this yeah, was a very good, relaxing that. speed, good, man. No doubt. It's funny as you get older, you look kind of for more of those situations where, like, yeah, you know, I can, I can turn up a little bit if I want to, but. More, more so. I just want to chill, have a good time, no kick doubt. it on the beach, have a drink. Yeah, I hear you, man. That's a beautiful thing. Man. Yeah, it was dope, man. So, yo, te- go check out Tulum. Take your girl or get in, get your boys. Go down there, kick it. Um, perfect transition. Talking about vibes because we both have the same vibe and feeling when we watch the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I despise these dudes. I hate everything about them. Draymond didn't even play. Bulls lost one nineteen one twelve. Interesting game to kick it off. They came out, the Bulls came out fiery, looking good. At one point, we're up 10 points in the second quarter with like five minutes left. Yep. Um, that didn't last. It was, you know, we're, we're, it was the goal, it's the Golden State it's Warriors. Like what you expect, yeah. Once they get going, you can get going with them and you can try to match that intensity for a quarter or two, but after a while, they're just they're just such a better basketball team than anybody else that they're playing that uh, that's what's going to happen. But, yeah, man, I, 100% I get that same vibe. I don't know despise isn't the word i just prefer i don't watch it i prefer not to watch it i don't like watching them i don't get any type of feeling when i'm watching them it's not like at some point i'm not trying to be like that hater person like i get it hey what they did was fully allowed within the rules so it is what it is but to me it's just not what i want to watch man like i don't want to watch four all-stars and then whoever else you know what i mean whoever else role player that took a lot less money to go play there or whatever it might be you know you got steph you got clay you add Kevin Durant, you got Draymond, and it's just like, to me, there, there's there's no doubt about it they're going to win the championship, and they're going to win the championship as long as they keep that roster together. So it kind of turns the NBA into something that's almost anticlimactic, right? You're looking for other stories throughout the year to get excited about the league for, which is cool, because I think it's gave way to a lot of other cool things, you know, watching some of these young rookies develop, you know, the stuff that we're talking about with the Bulls and all that. You know, I imagine if you're a Celtics fan or a Cavs fan, you might be trying to find something else to, you know, be happy about. But let's just face it, man, nobody's beating these guys. Even with a significant injury to either Durant or um, Steph Curry, you're still going to be hard-pressed to beat them. But please don't give me all this shit about this beautiful brand of basketball that they play. Because that's, that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Look at who they have on the floor. You can play a beautiful brand of basketball if – you have those type of players. You don't mind passing the ball to somebody if you're passing it to an MVP or one of the best three-point shooters of all time or a 6'9 center that can make a play off the bounce, right? I mean, like, it doesn't, you know, like, to me, you're not, it's not some beautiful brand. You couldn't throw Steve Kerr on the Magic and have him run that style and they're going to win 60 ball games. you know what I mean? That's a lot of personnel. All day. I mean, and a, a perfect example of what, I mean, we're no, we're no top team in, you know, the league, East or West, but this is a perfect example of what they can do to you. And I think everybody listening already knows what, what the Warriors are about, but Clay Thompson came out, was burning the net down. He was 7 of 13 from the tray. Steph Curry was burning the net down. He was 6 of 11 from the tray. Both had 30-plus. Clay had 38. Durant had a little bit of off game, was, was 0 for from 3, 6 of 15 from the floor, and 
they were still would have like seven dimes though. Yeah, he yeah. had seven assists, eight rebounds. I mean, and but it, they it were didn't bother him a bit. They were they were still rolling. No yeah. Draymond. Yeah, I mean, so like that's just how they get down. I don't want to talk about those fucking guys. I, you already know how I feel about them. Yeah, you already know how I feel about Durant. Um, let's talk about the Bulls and just how they. They like to compete, man. It's and like, crappy this year, man. That, and like we've talked about, this is my the, the, like the whole them tanking. It's just it's just gone. Them them getting a top three, four, five pick. I think it's gone. Could be. Could be. I think it's. I think it is. Um, with with the Lakers and the Hawks and the Magic. I mean, we're gonna end. We're gonna end the season with a lot more wins than those guys. Probably if they keep this up. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, from what I can tell, I don't see why not. They they've won before we played Golden State. They won three straight, all close games, but they were competing. One, yeah. they went to overtime with the Knicks. Nico scored eighteen the other night in the fourth quarter against uh, against the Heat. <laughs> so like, yeah, but you know what? And I, I see where you're going with that. The only thing I would say is they, they it's it's humanly impossible for them to play any better than they've played the last thirty or forty days. So have they peaked? Right, and now are they going to go back down and, and go back to sucking again? I mean, I, I don't know if they can keep. This I don't level. think they are. I don't think you can. You can't. You can't play like that every night, and you can't maintain that over the next forty games of the season, right? So I just feel like they are going to come back down to earth. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't panic too much. But yeah, probably that top three pick is probably out of the question now. You're right, for sure. You know what I mean? So. The, what, funny. Okay, look. So let's talk about the teams at the bottom of the league. We got Orlando. We last time, right? Yeah, Orlando. Orlando's not Atlanta, catching the Bulls. Atlanta's no, not catching Brooklyn, the Bulls. Brooklyn could catch the Bulls. Brooklyn could, but they won't. Sacramento, Dallas, the Lakers. The, the Lakers could. The Suns, the Grizz. I mean, these cats are all down there at the, uh, with 15 wins, 16 wins. You know what I mean? Right. So I think as much as it pains me to say, because, man, if we could – End the year and 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 could have got a top five pick, then traded Nico for a high draft pick and then got something for Rolo. Yeah, man, we'd be in a great, 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 great well, spot. But you're not getting a high draft pick for Nico Miritic. Maybe from who? I don't know. Maybe what do you what do you think we could get for Nico? Maybe a, maybe a second rounder and some and. And a throw, and a throw throwaway in. player, some Euro player, or something you know, something like that. I don't. First off, everybody knows the Bulls are trying to trade Nico. Second off, he has a player option for next. Is it a player option or a team option next year? Uh, I think he has a team option next. It's team year. option, I'm pretty so sure. So team can pick him up for one more year. Third, again, man, this is a hot streak for Nico. But will Nico ever play better than he's played in the last twenty days? Like, I mean, we have a lot of Nico to go off of, and he, he's 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 playing great, man. I love it. That's all wonderful. I don't know how sustainable that is. So I, I think other teams know that. And I don't think any team is going to give up. First-round picks in the NBA, man, even the late first-round picks now become valuable. You know, with the way the salary cap's set up and everything and everybody's pressed up against those caps, if you can get a rotation player for $2, 3000000 million a year, you're going to hold on to those picks, especially the teams at the top who would be the teams that would be looking to deal us a pick for Nico. We're not going to get a top 15, top 20 pick. So now you're looking at playoff teams and contenders, right? And those players aren't necessarily going to give up on those first-round picks to get Nico Miritich. I mean, how much better does he make that team? And what team would he make that much better that they would give us a first-round pick? Yeah. You know, you look at Cleveland, it's like, okay, everybody's like, Cleveland needs this, Cleveland needs that. Cleveland doesn't need Nico Miritich. He's another version (laughs) of what they have, right? A guy who can shoot and can't play D. 
they got they got plenty of those. They have those falling off falling off trees. So I mean, I don't. That's the only thing with Nico. I don't I don't know what you're gonna get for him as far as that high of a pick. Yo, low key, real quick. I got what I'm looking at the standings in the East. The 76ers are 20 and 20. Yeah. How have they played 40 games and we've played 45? How have they played five less games than everybody else in the league? Anyway, that's, that's, a, good, just, uh, that's a good question. Just an observ- like observation. Or 45, 43 or 45, played they played yeah. 40 games. I don't know how that works. That doesn't make any sense at that's all. That's weird. Anyway. Um, yeah, I hear you. So, I mean, it's my, like, dude, like I've previously said, it's my worst nightmare to see the Bulls winning. You don't mind it. Um, I, I, I don't mind it at all. Why, though? We're, we're in such a – we're in desperate need of, of – of Aiden from Arizona or Bagley or you know what I mean? There's a lot of good players in this draft, though. This draft looks like it's going to be six, seven, eight players deep. I mean, so, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You want to Trey Young is out there. Trey Young is out there. I so don't you, know if he's the real deal look or how not. Many guys, I mean, hey, my man's is averaging 30 points and 10 assists per game. He's the real deal. I don't, need to I don't know if he's else. the real deal or not. I don't need to hear anything else. I've seen him but, enough. I've watched him play. Trey Young is the real deal, and you can sleep on him if you want to, but you don't put up – the numbers are ridiculous. I don't know if he's the real deal or not, but he's out there too. <laughs> Here you go. Um, <laughs> you feel me? Um, yeah, so I mean, look, like it's going to be an 8, 9, 10 player draft. So, I mean, again, like I talked about last time, man, the, the, um, the experience. 8, 9 is, is a little steep. Six. The experience that you get, right, from winning these games, from learning how to win, from Chris Dunn playing and winning moments, from Laurie Market and playing and winning moments. It's valuable, man. I understand where you're coming from with the draft pick, but I just think you can't understate that value that they get from learning how to win early. And like you said, at this point, we're really out of possibly getting we're one out of those that, top the, three ones. Yeah. So now we really need to have that mentality. And I do think this could be a seven or eight or nine player draft. If you look at some of these names that are being thrown away, look at last year's draft. I mean, Donovan Mitchell went, what, 13, 14, 15? He's going to be the rookie of the year. Yeah. That's true. And like I, I mean, know, I say my man's name like a joke, but my man's Colin Sexton's gonna go like ninth or tenth. I'm not mad if the Bears, if the Bulls draft him. <laughs> but there's hoopers. There's hoopers. There's hoopers, and you can find hoopers in eight, nine, and ten. Now, the only issue that we have is the same issue we've had before: is that it's guard packs are the people that are making those decisions, and we don't trust guard packs. So, hey, if listen. we had competent leadership, would you be as worried? No, but we we don't have but, competent but we leadership. Don't, yeah. And I want to say something about that. I don't fuck with guard packs, period, end of, end of story. I'm still on my boycott. I haven't been to the United Center yet uh, to see the Bulls. It kind of pains me a little bit because I would love to go see Markin and Dunn and now Levine that's in the rotation, but I'm not going. Not not doing it? I'm not doing it. And But I will say this, bro. That Butler trade is looking all right. It's looking okay? It's looking more than okay almost. Yeah. The core of Dunn, Markin, and Levine – is strong, bro. That's an unbelievable bag to get back for for Jimmy Butler. When you in in in, in hindsight, I don't know about unbelievable, but it's very strong. It's a very usually dude, when you trade a superstar, you for, don't you for, don't get three players who are gonna play for a guy that we were shopping the way he was all he was always gonna go. Yeah, to get that in return to hit on the draft pick, it looks like with Markinen who can play ball needs to get more touches. In all honesty. Um, he should get, be getting all Justin Holiday's touches. Period. Justin Holiday shouldn't be getting any touches anywhere. Right. So now that Levine's back, I, I don't see the reason for Justin Holiday uh, playing on the basketball floor. <laughs> so I'll give Gar Packs 
the the props that are due because that's looking like a great deal for for Minnesota as well. It looks yeah, like it, it looks worked great out for, for both. Minnesota. Minnesota's won seven of the last ten. Jimmy Butler is balling. balling. Yeah. Out of control right now. He's Minnesota. a hooper, dog. He's a hooper. He's a hooper. Only hooper. issue is come June or come uh come May, that you know, they're gonna be dead because I think Thibodeau they have I read something they have four players that are in the top ten in minutes. I mean, that's just what comes with tip. I mean, no one and no one's gonna talk him He's out of playing that. Taj thirty seven minutes a game. <laughs> <laughs> No one's gonna He's talk him out of that. Out. He doesn't give a he fuck about give that. A fuck. You, you're getting paid millions <laughs> of dollars to play you're ball. Play. You're gonna play ball yeah. every night, <laughs> every bro. night for 42 minutes. Yeah, you ain't gotta do so. Uh, the commission's not calling Minnesota talking about resting players. Yeah, you don't no, gotta no, worry no, about no, that. Tim shit. doesn't believe in that. Nah, no, no, no. Can he go? <laughs> <laughs> Can he go? <laughs> Can he go? <laughs> On some varsity blues type shit. Joe was on a 20 minute uh, minutes restriction. I've been there for 35. (laughs) (laughs) Give a fuck, dude. Can he go? Can he go? He's ready. Uh, I need 10 more minutes. (laughs) Real shit. But uh, so talking about guard packs and us not trusting them, like I I said, I had to give them their props when it's due. Transitioning into that, what do you want to see them do? Is it a must that we get rid of Miritich? Could we not just sit him on the bench and bring him off as a second second teamer and let him play with those guys? Do we have to trade him? Well, and then what? You So you pick up his option next year, bring him back for one more year, and then what, work out a long-term deal with him after that? Well, I mean, I'm not thinking about it. I haven't got, I haven't got that far. Well, But so I'm saying, like, do we have to trade him yeah, by the deadline? Yeah. It has to, to happen. To follow your plan, yeah. I don't, I don't know if by the uh, – I believe if we pick up his option in the offseason, we can then turn around and move him. Um, the only issue is right now he's hot, man. He's hot. You gotta get, he's you hot. Said get rid of him while he's hot. He's hot, and he takes minutes away from Laurie Markkinen and Bobby Portis. Facts. So, you know, if you really want to build around Markkinen, you want to get him as much minutes as possible, and you can't have Nico going in there playing 22, 23 minutes a game. Not only does he take minutes away from Markkinen, if him and Markkinen are at the same time, he's taking shots away from Markkinen. So you want to talk about getting Markkinen more involved in the offense? You got to force the you got to force Fred's hand, and if that's all he has, I mean that's what he's going to do. So yeah, even if you do only get a second round pick for him, you get some you know player you can take a flyer on or some Euro, some stash player, uh, go for it. Get something for him. Yes, you are you're in full right now. You're you're in asset grabbing mode, right? And you don't want to keep hold on to him. You want to get some sort of asset for him. Don't hold on to him. Uh, he's not going to be a part of what, what you're there when what, you start what if winning. The, what if the right deal doesn't present itself? What if it's a second-round pick that's like 20th in the second round? Do we just give him up for that just because? Yeah, probably. In my in my eyes, yeah. In my eyes, 100%. Yeah, I don't I don't see him as a long-term fit on this roster. He plays the be- same position as the guy who you're trying to groom. Right? How long is he going to be happy coming off the bench if he's playing really well? So, at what point does he become a distraction? He's already gotten punched in the face, so he's proven that he can <laughs> be a distraction at some point. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like that's all going to matter. You can't expect him to sit here and be like, hey, we're going to play you behind our rookie and you're going to play 15 to 20 minutes a game, but you're still putting up crazy efficiency numbers and looking good, yada, yada, yada. Eventually, that's going to be a problem with him. Move him out. Move out anybody on that team that's not young and part of what you want to build towards. If you I get any interest in any of those players, if somebody wants Jaron Grant, take them. If somebody wants Justin Holiday, buy. 
If somebody wants Robin Lopez, take him. Take all those guys. So, like I said, I, I don't, I don't mind the winning, but the real thing that shouldn't get in the way, or the you shouldn't let the winning the get in the way vision. of the big picture, which is a strip down. So if you if you manage to win while you strip down, believe it or not, that just says something about Fred doing a good job coaching this team this year, which I know we killed him all last year. He's right? doing a good job, man. But yeah. he's doing a good job. Yeah. So, no, the strip down is P1, in my opinion. He's doing a really good job. He's getting marketing looks that put him in position to do really well. Yeah. I mean. He's giving him a green light. Gives him a green light. I mean, yeah, he's been doing well. I crush him. I'm not a huge I mean, he's been doing well. I, I I'm still not a huge Hoy. I'm not gonna say I'm a Hoiberg guy, right. but he had some awful rosters the last two. Yeah, years no doubt about play it. Play basketball, obviously. Yeah. But the, the the offense has definitely opened up, and and Chris Dunn has been doing his thing. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I can't I can't hate on <laughs> on Hoiberg right now. Definitely, he's been uh, working with what he's got. He's been doing well with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But again, the strip down is priority number one for sure. No doubt about it. Um, let's jump over to the rest of the stuff going on in the NBA. The league? The I'm league. Talking about the UFC right now? Yeah. <laughs> the association. Anyway, before we get into all that, did you yeah. see a Flalo yeah. almost end my man's existence if he would have connected with that? That weak-ass, loopy-ass nah, punch, that bro. That shit was game over, nah, dog. Man, he he threw the That big-ass dude? Jared Aflalo's from Compton, man. I don't, he, he, he didn't he, look like he was he from Compton. Him. He's trying to That weak-ass, loopy-ass punch he, he threw. He wanted to catch his fade, homie. Nah, he should <laughs> If he was really talking about some shit, he would have hit him with a straight, <laughs> a straight with, down came, the came, pipe. Came with the jabber? With the jabber. <laughs> he wasn't that bullshit-ass punch. With the X button? Um, What's going on? I mean, what's the big deal? People are talking about... Is it a bad? Is it? I mean, it's, is it a bad look? Is the NBA image like, dude? The NBA nah, is so man, it's good. Just, it's yeah. Every, the NBA is, is is a perfect professional. Yeah. Rep, representation of what a league. The NFL look like. has a bad image. That's a bad image. The uh, NBA does not have a bad image. You just had some fights. You had some high profile players involved in it. First off, just like everybody's been saying, none of these dudes were going to fight. Yeah. Number one, because they're NBA players. Number two, they are not the NBA players that are that are down for that action. If you don't know what we're talking about, obviously that Clippers Rockets situation where apparently Chris Paul led Trevor Ariza and a couple other guys down a dark hallway that he knew <laughs> that got back to the Clippers entrance room. They were looking for Saint, Austin and Rivers. Sent Capella to the front door Austin as a Rivers distraction. Is, is just has the bad rep, worst reputation of anybody in the NBA. Like I've he's, never heard a good Austin Rivers story. Nah, he's Nobody a little, he's likes a little that dickhead. Guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, that is whole, mediocre at hoops. Right. Whole bunch of woofing, um, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but obviously nothing happened. Um, what's the, what do you think the deal is with the Chris Paul thing? Does he just, does he deep down not really fuck with the Clippers or, or is it I don't Doc? Think he fucks with Blake. Is he doesn't Blake? fuck with Doc. That's a known thing. That's a known thing. They say yeah. it was a known thing. Did you read that story that ESPN came out with over the summer? Or not over the summer, a couple months ago? About the end of the cl- last year with the Clippers? Yeah. I guess um, something about how Chris Paul was furious that like Doc wouldn't trade off. It was something crazy, and uh, it just led to their deterioration. Him and Blake didn't get along, like all types of shit. Who knows, man? But Chris Paul is a fake tough guy. He's not fighting anybody. You know what I mean? That's why you brought Trevor Ariza with you. You're not fighting anybody. The only person, yeah, the, the, you know, whatever, bro. I, I don't got time. <laughs> the only person involved in that that would have thrown some hands would have been Pat Bev, and he was hurt. Yeah. 
Pat Bev, Pat Bev, no bluffing either. Yeah, Pat Bev, that team, no bluffing. There's no bluffs <laughs> at all. Like he's he's there to he's there to fight. Um, but again, man, like yeah, we talked about it, man. Like none of these dudes are going to Zebo's locker room. Yeah, you know what I mean. None of these dudes are going to whoever Demarcus Cousins' locker room or somebody who's going to hit back. You yeah. know what I mean? They're not going to Stack Jack's locker room. It's if I shout out Stack Jack, legend. <laughs> yeah, legend. that's one of my favorite legend. players of all time. <laughs> not even close. It's funny we're talking about. That. I was watching uh, Ron Artest highlights last night, and yeah, just something like his fighting and just his, his basketball playing. But they're not going to Ron Artest's locker room. You know right. what I mean? So I, it's, it's not I feel it. I think it's fun, man. It's entertainment. It's entertaining. That Clippers game the other night was pure entertainment. It was hilarious. Um. Yeah, but it was fucking great. I I I enjoyed it. I enjoy all that stuff. I yeah. enjoy all the trash talking. I enjoy people throwing balls at people. Like it's just fun shit cuz that's just what basketball is when you go play pickup yeah. and you're in a good game. People are talking shit. It's just fun. Yeah. Um let's touch on this before we get to the Bears. We got lots to touch on there. Let's touch on this Paul Pierce retirement of his jersey. I want to own the whole day. They shouldn't even play the game. <laughs> so the, the real question is: like, Are they going to roll him out in a wheelchair for his? Uh, yo, for his ceremony? I'll never let him forget that. <laughs> if I ever come out and score twenty, I did. I ever tell you the story? I played poker with Paul Pierce once. Uh, I should have brought up the wheelchair. I don't know shit, how you but couldn't bring up. I didn't want to be super petty, but yeah, I'll never. For, I'll never let him forget that. I'll never rock with Paul Pierce all the way just because of that. And he's a cornball on TV now. He's terrible. So, but yeah. Quick story, Paul Pierce gets his is set to get his jersey retired the same day that the Cavs are going to play the Celtics. And the, the, originally they pushed back the Isaiah Thomas tribute to the second time they met up because IT is going to play and his family has been able to make it and all that. Paul Pierce is basically like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, this is my day. I don't need y'all playing Isaiah Thomas tributes during my, you know, my retirement day. Rondo came out, my boy. Rondo. Shout out <laughs> shout out Rajan came out and said, Yo, why is this guy IT even getting a tribute? He didn't do shit. Went to he a played there. championship. He played there for a couple years. Like what like why is this guy even getting um a tribute anyway? You know it's because they feel bad about trading him. Well, he's a good dude. He gave he, he gave a lot of heart and soul he to them. For two and a half yeah, years, that that's that's what it that's what it comes down to. Um how do you feel about Paul Pierce's pettiness level? Yep. How do you feel about what Rondo said? And at this point, is it just should IT just be like, yo, fuck the Celtics. They traded me. I don't want the tribute. I'm gonna come in there and try to bust y'all ass and give you 40. And then that's the tribute that you'll remember, type thing. So clearly Paul Pierce feels a lot stronger about Paul Pierce than the rest of the world does because he was <laughs> like referencing Kobe and his his decision. Like I want my receiver to be like Kobe, like, hold on, bro. Speaking Kobe of that. Kobe played 20 years on the same team. Speaking of that, do you remember when Draymond hit Paul yeah. Pierce? Yeah, with yeah that? You, like, ain't, you ain't Kobe. So you ain't Kobe. Kobe. They don't love you like that. They don't love you like <laughs> that. <laughs> they don't love you like that. <laughs> yeah, that shit was hilarious because he was yeah. going on a farewell tour. Yeah. Um, so I, like, clearly Paul Pierce believes that he was he was on some level. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, everything aside, Paul Pierce was a good player. He was a good offensive player the in his truth. day. You know, he'd hit some big shots, clutch shooter, everything like that. But he's right. He's not Kobe. He didn't win shit 
until they brought them other dudes up in there until they brought Garnett. You always need help, them, whatever. It might That's be. irrelevant yeah. though, because um, you already we could go down that that tone. But as far but. as the pettiness level, it is petty on Paul Pierce's part. Now I understand where Rondo and them are coming from. I don't think it should get a, t- a tribute video. I just don't. But for Paul Pierce to comment on it and make it sound like, oh, I want to be remembered in some light, and I want every single timeout to be about me and. Why should I have to share maybe two minutes of an IT video? Because, again, he played there for two years, so you got three minutes of fucking highlights. Um, Paul Pierce a cornball, bro. That's it. He's just that. he's just corny. Even Jalen Rose caught him on He's like, I think that's pretty petty. Yeah, And of he course kept it coming is. petty with it. So, I mean, it's just kind of like, eh. Paul Pierce is a cornball. He's been a cornball forever. He's a, yeah. It's just so, funny like, when you doesn't... see what some of these dudes start thinking about. Like, come on, bro. Like, does that really matter to you, Paul Pierce? Like, you got a shit ton of bread. You're still getting ESPN money now. Like, fuck out of here. Yeah. No, I agree. Go I on agree. an island in, in fucking Fiji or some shit and watch your own YouTube highlights if you want a fucking reward video. <laughs> yeah, Paul Pierce, Paul Pierce wanted to own the whole day. But this NBA season's heating up, man. Oh, yeah. Um, I agree with you that the Warriors are going to win the title, but it's still always fun to see. You Find know, the All-Star. Else to watch. Toronto playing real right. well. Shout out DeMar DeRozan. Balling yeah. his ass off. Nobody's talking about him, but... Watch DeMar DeRozan if you aren't watching them right now. Shout out the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all-star games coming up. That whole weekend's always and fun. I, it's in L.A. That shit's going to be times 50 with the festivities. And we so, get it next year, right? No, I think we're 2020. Is that what it is? Yeah, I believe Chicago's 2020. Also, how is Miami fourth in the East? Hey, Spo just keeps winning Spo, ball games, bro. I wasn't a huge Spo guy <laughs> he either. He just keeps winning he, ball games. Yeah, they're fourth in the East. That's because my boy Dragic is that guy. He and, Dion's out for the year, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, loss. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the league to check out. Post-All-Star game, the second half of the year is when shit really starts rolling. We'll see who, who fills out the West. Now Kawhi's out indefinitely. Yeah. With uh, the quad. So yeah, that's, that, that's, all, that's been shady all year, yeah. too. There's, there's something going on there. That'll, help, help that'll shake up. Um the West, who see who fills out the top of They'll that. They'll still so, win 55 ball games. Yeah, that probably. That thing keeps rolling. It doesn't yeah. matter. So, tons of stuff to check out, man. The rest, dude, the Bulls coming down the stretch is going to be interesting. We'll see how once Levine gets off this minutes restriction, how he'll come down the stretch. If he can get his legs under him going into next year and finishing all that. I mean, we're talking like we're not going to hop back on the mic next week and talk yeah. about the Bulls. But just a lot of stuff to be excited about. We'll see what the Bulls finish up. Currently 17 and 28 right now. 500 ball at home. So we'll see. Let's talk about the Chicago Bears. Big, big offseason coming up. Cleaned, uh, cleaned out the coaching staff. Yep. Ryan Pace has now picked up, went and got an offensive-minded guy in the new head coach, Matt Nagy. Nagy. Who then picked up. The offensive coordinator, his choice, Mark Helfrich, formerly of the head coach of Oregon. Where was Helfrich last year? Offensive-minded guy. I don't even know if he was anywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Because he kind of bombed at Oregon, right? Like he. Uh... Yeah, we're going to get into yeah, all that. that. I got a bunch of stuff that I want to I touch on there. But at the end of the day, the Bears were one of the worst offensive teams in the league last year. Ryan Pace goes gets an offensive-minded head coach. Which we all wanted. Which we all wanted. Matt Nagy, he was the offensive coordinator of uh, the Kansas City Chiefs last year yep. um, under Andy Reid. The Chiefs showed some flashes. 
of great offense. Um, it's a West Coast-ish system. A lot of shotgun. A lot of that type of stuff. Short throws. Yeah, Alex Smith isn't really driving the ball downfield. Yeah, before I get into, because I got a bunch of notes on both of these guys I want to talk about. What was your initial thought on the hire of Matt Nagy to replace John Fox? Who Who is Matt Nagy? That was your first. That was yeah. your first. Yeah, who is Matt Nagy? But which is kind of what I wanted. I wanted a who is because who who was Sean McVay last year? You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of wanted one of those guys that I hadn't heard of. This is what I wanted, dude. I wanted a football nerd. And it seems like this dude is one of those football nerd dudes that sits around, draws up plays, goes to work. I don't need – I think the days of, like, the personality-driven head coach is gone. You know what I mean? The big, loud, boisterous guy who you know and it's all about him or whatever it might be, ego guy. I just want somebody who's going to go in there and put in work. So, like, you look at, like, a McVay. Like, I, I, that's like, I guess that's the perfect example because that's ideally what we want. We want from Trubisky to go to uh, what Jared Goff was this year. So, I don't, I don't mind that, man. Put me one of those guys who just sits there in diagrams all day. I don't, I don't really care what he says in a press conference. I don't care if he's a over-the-top personality, which this guy doesn't seem like he is at all. So uh, that was my initial reaction. Like, thank, thank you. We got some offensive whiz kid. That's a good angle. I didn't think about it like that. Um, because I, th- I do think you need a leader. I do think you need a guy like... Mike Tomlin, who doesn't really do much of anything, yeah, except for make except, awful fourth quarter, decisions. except for make bad decisions, but and run sweet I mean, plays on fourth and one. Outside of, the, but, <laughs> I, but when I when I say Mike I Tomlin, you I mean like a fiery he's in a, the locker room. He's guy? a presence leader guy, right? Yeah, but I think that's important. But I also know that I want someone that was offensive minded, that would come in have a system that they like to run already like they do in Kansas City under Andy Reid, the West Coast type system, that could implement that, have clear direction for Trubisky to come in and go through stuff with, sit down with, teach him, groom him, the whole nine, right? My first other reservation was, I didn't know who Matt Nagy was either when they said his name. Looked him up. The fir- the thing that jumped out to me, his background's a, in, he was like an arena football quarter. He's he's a quarterback, like an arena guy. Uh, hold up, shout out Voider who let me know that Matt Nagy was a Delaware Blue Hen. <laughs> so he de- he played, okay, he played shout out PV. before before uh, Joe Flacco was there. Yeah, Vorder, okay, Voider is very excited about Matt Nagy. Okay, yeah, we were talking we were talking the other day. The only thing for me that jumped out of the page, like I said, I'm excited. He's an offensive minded guy. We need O. I. The, the days of us running the 20 ISO, I don't want to see that shit anymore. Yeah. I don't want to see the defense. We need the defense. Run left, run right, run yeah, left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to, like, I'm, so I'm happy that we're going to come in there and we're going to see a different type of Bears offense. For period. sure. The thing that jumped off the page for me is that Matt Nagy was a quarterback coach in 2015 and three years removed from being a quarterback's coach. He's the head football coach of the Chicago Bears. Yeah. That's a big that's a big leap in, a, in 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 3 years. And it's not like Kansas City was doing gangbusters the last 3 years. You understand me? Yeah. It, it wasn't like they won two Super Bowls and this guy had a huge was a huge reason, you know what I'm saying? And now he has a he has a shot to to be a coach. Like that for him to, for him to be a quarterback guy, focus on the quarterbacks and then in 3 years 
one year as an offensive coordinator and he didn't start calling the plays until week 13 last year to now be a head coach and calling and basically running the franchise and and doing everything he wants on the offensive end makes me a little nervous. That's a huge step for him. And as you said that, I, I pulled up where McVay was. McVay was a tight ends coach of the Redskins in 2013. So, yeah. But he was an offensive coordinator for them for three seasons before he became the there head There you fan. go. So, yeah. I hear where you're coming from on that. I mean, obviously, again, like, yeah, that's the risk in it. It's a guy who's learning a completely new role. I think that when you're the head coach of a football team, you are, you're pretty much the CEO. You know what I mean? You're moving around everything. You might not be writing up the defensive plays and everything, but you have a hand in what's going on there, right? It's all about your philosophy and everything like that. So you do have to have some strong presence. You do have to be able to interject yourself. The team should, you know, carry your identity. At the same time, man, <clears throat> if he's a hard worker and he's a smart guy, and he goes in there and he's able to show some things that people can see through his work that he knows what he's talking about, I don't think he's going to have a problem winning over this locker room. You know, John Fox was a super experienced head coach with a ton of, well, I mean, some charisma, whatever it might be, a real rah-rah guy, just like your old-time football coach that you would have played for in high school, but that didn't really mean anything, man. So it's kind of like you're either going to take one of these really new, unheard-of guys or you're going to take a retread. Right? Like, I just saw Norv, Norv Turner just got hired as the Panthers' offensive coordinator. Why is Norv Turner still getting jobs in 2018? You know what I mean? So, like, I'm fine with it, man. you got to take a flyer on these guys. This is The Bears have never done anything like this outside of when we hired Tressman out of the CFL, which was a fucking terrible idea. But even Tressman had been an offensive coordinator in the NFL, what, yeah. 15 years prior, but the game had passed him by. I mean, it was a different ball game. So I, I really don't have a problem with this Nagy thing. I don't have a problem with the lack of experience. I think oftentimes that's overrated because a lot of times if these guys were so good with all this experience, why don't they have jobs now? You know what I mean? If you're a really good coach and you have experience, you typically stay in your role. So, you know, again, man, like I, I don't, I don't I'm, that doesn't worry me. He'll learn that. Everybody had to learn that at some point in their career, so he'll learn it. Listen. I'm excited because it's it's we have something to look forward to and it's offensively focused because Vic Fangio is going to take care of the defense. Yeah, I'm not worried about the D at all. So he's got to worry about half of the building. Now. He's got to worry about half of the building, which is probably why he kept Fangio. Absolutely. Yeah. And and Fangio's been busting ass. <laughs> that, the other Fangio part. Busting ass. So you ever seen that press conference where he farted? No. <laughs> what happened? It's when he was the interim coach of the 49ers. And uh, the person that asked him a question, he farted in the middle of the, of the question. You can hear it. Like, the mic picked it up. It's yeah. fucking hilarious. So, he said, Buck and ass. <laughs> I got it. Oh, it's, yeah. it's hilarious. I'm going to check that out. <laughs> but um, for, for, hey, for, a head, for our new head coach to be the offensive coordinator last year of a team, and he wasn't even calling the plays until week 13, now he's going to be calling all the plays across the board and working with the team to put together – an offense for a quarterback that's fresh coming off playing three quarters of the season going into his second year. It's just a, it's, it's a little, there's not a lot of experience there. So we'll see what happens there. That's just something I wanted to point out. Okay. So he, he comes in, he brings on Mark Helfrich as his offensive coordinator. Now I got a lot of stuff to talk about here. All I hear about, Helfrich, the first thing you think about with Helfrich is Marcus Mariota. Yeah. He was that that's who was Mariota was under his toolage at 
Oregon. He was the offensive coordinator at that time. And then the head coach when they went to the championship against Ohio State and lost. Was it Helfrich? I thought Helfrich it was, still... was the that was the first year he was the head coach. Oh, that was the Chips team. That was Chips team that he had took over and he yeah. but, but he was still the offensive coordinator and worked with Mariota very closely, right? Yep. So Dan Durkin of the Athletic wrote a, a, a solid article about it's, it's it's called Shotgun Wedding: How the Hiring of a New OC Mark Helfrich Will Strengthen the Bears' Offense. So let me get that athletic login real quick. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Basically, goes into Helfrich's offense, talks about run pass options. Yeah, um, breaks down a ton of his Oregon stuff where he's showing, you know. His main Helfrich's main focus is the quarterback is making quick decisions. Read here, read here, get the ball out of your hand. A lot of shotgun where you could read the defense, see everything, spread it out. It's the same thing as the Chip Kelly offense. Move the ball. Now, same thing. Yeah, yeah I mean it's the, the, same as, it's it's, the same exact thing. The, yeah, Chip was a, was was pretty run heavy. If yeah. you remember yeah, back he, in the day, yeah, yeah, for sure, he was super run super heavy. Run right? heavy yeah. Shout out Dennis Dixon. Dennis Dixon was the man, bro. Should have <laughs> won a Heisman. Out, shout out Dennis Dixon. Should have won a Heisman. If he didn't get hurt, would have won a Heisman. Shout out Dennis Dixon. <laughs> Dennis Dixon was a monster. Um, shout out Jeremiah to to Thomas Oli too. Well, yeah, he, uh, yeah, D- oh, didn't uh, what did uh, to what was his like to a Tosoli? Thomas Oli got kicked out of for Oregon. some. Yeah, I was gonna anyway, say what was it for? It was like some computers was or some something, computer, right? He was still in computers, but then he was at Ole Miss the next year. Yeah, shout out Ole Miss. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so he ran the show for Mariota. Masoli, Masoli, Masoli. That was his, Jeremiah Masoli. That was his name. Um, he ran the show for Oregon with uh, on offense. In other words, along with Chip Kelly from 2013 to 2015, they um, in his first year, if you remember, they blew out Florida State in the Rose Bowl, like yeah. 60 to 20, yeah. or like 50. I think the final score 59 to 20, and then. They went and played Ohio State in the national championship and lost 42-20. Yeah. Now, two years removed from that, Helfrich is 4-8 and eight with Oregon, and he's fired. Yeah. My question is, uh, Durkin does a really good job of talking about, hey, how he's going to improve the offense. He actually brought up a, a sick stat about Jordan Howard running from the shotgun in 2016. He was seven yards per carry from shotgun. Wow. In 20, this year in 2017, he was 5.1 yards per carry from shotgun. So, And then versus four, four yards per carry under center. That's interesting. You think you think it's like a power back like he is that he'd be better coming from under center as opposed to like the, the shotgun. But, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, super interesting, right? So – he go Durkin goes into details and talks about he shows all these clips from like Oregon and you know there's one clip where Mariota dumps a bubble pass to the first guy out the ne- very next play high tempo they come out the very next play and in the same formation Mariota comes out pumps the bubble and goes deep for a touchdown now my question is is this stuff going to translate to the league it, it it did for Chip for a couple games. For a couple games, yeah. though. But, but then what? It depends, man. I mean, I think a lot of the philosophies and things like that of the spread offense, I mean, that's that's where we are in the NFL right now. So a lot of those college concepts have transferred over to the league. 
I just think you, you still have to – it can't be the only thing you do. You know what I mean? You can't run a gimmick offense in the NFL. It doesn't work. People have tried it. They tried it with the Wildcat. Chip tried it in Philly um, and had some success. But, again, you can't run a straight – and I, I hate to call it a gimmick, but you know what I mean? Something that's that different than what the NFL does, you can't really bring that. But as far as the playing fast, the quarterback making quick reads, the spread offense, a lot of receivers, the coming out of the shotgun, which is what Trubisky did in college. Remember one of the biggest things, he operated almost exclusively out of a shotgun at, uh, at North Carolina. So he might be more comfortable with that. It might be more similar to what he was running at Carolina. But this is, this is what I'm saying. I get it. Ryan Pace brings in a guy. So he, he brings in this guy Trubisky first. Yeah. Then he brings in his guy Nagy, yeah. who then brings in Helfrich, who's a great offensive mind, allegedly. Because he was working with Chip Kelly. Mm-hmm. Chip Kelly leaves. They lose the title. He, they had a Heisman winning quarterback in Mariota. Yeah. And then two years later, he's 4-8 and eight and he's out. True. Yeah. So there's a lot, to be, a lot to be said about how offensively minded this dude is. Right. right. But a lot of time, coordinators don't make great coach, head coaches. Fine. Which, I guess, kills my argument that I just made like 10 minutes ago. But, yeah. Fine. Okay. So... The the point I'm trying to make is that Chip Kelly comes in with that offense, the run pass run pass option offense. Yeah, doesn't do anything. He fizzles out. out. Yeah, he's out. He's not. I mean, tr- in other words, they're bringing a guy that's a good fit for Trubisky, but is that offense going to work in the, the league? NFL, right? Yeah. Is it a good fit for the league? Right. That's what does he have any NFL experience? No, 21 years. This is his first offensive. This is his first. NFL gig. See, like spent 21 years in college. That to me is more concerning than Nagy being a quarterback coach a year ago. That you're bringing in a guy who 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 is really, I mean, 21 years this in is the college. A, this game, is a college guy. It's a career college guy, right? So there had to be something that Nagy knows about him that he likes about him, or Nagy and Pace both know about him that they like think, about him. I think Nagy's but, intrigued by the offense that you know the, the numbers and, and points that they put up at Oregon, yeah. but I don't think that should works in the league. You understand yeah, me? Yeah. So, like, that's what I'm excited to see. Uh, bring in as br- bring in as much as you can from Oregon, and you know that spread it out tempo, run pass option, yeah. offense. But there's going to have to be some traditional. I don't know about the run pass option. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't but I, I mean, don't, but that's what he runs. Yeah, I don't. I don't see like that's that's like not Alex Smith had a lot of run pass options. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what they run. Yeah. So like, that's what I, I mean. I'm interested to see if that's going to work. Um, at the end of the day, what always ends out in the league is you, you're going to have a traditional pro-style offense. Always, dude. So You always revert back to it. That's what I'm saying. Like you said, put some elements of that in there. Along, that can be your theme, exactly. but you shouldn't bring the playbook. Please don't bring the Don't whole bring playbook. the playbook. Bring because the theme, bring the concept, bring the idea. Jalen Ramsey and the Jaguars will eat that shit we'll eat up. eat that shit up, yeah. So don't, don't bring the playbook, but bring the concept. Hey, we want to play faster. There's nobody who didn't watch the Bears last year who said this team should play faster, right? Everybody agrees the Bears should play faster. Hey, we want to spread the ball out more. That's great. Everybody wants to see that. Hey, we want the quarterback to have the ability to at least throw the ball and make a decision on where he wants to go with it and make quick reads and go through his progressions. Great. We weren't doing that last year. So, again, with the Bears, just like the naked things, let's go for a try. The great thing about a coordinator, if he sucks, you can tell him bye. Yeah. Find another. There's plenty. Find another. I think the the Helfrich hire for Nagy is it's a great compliment. He's a great offensive mind. 
that runs that same style West Coast offense. So he could come in there, help him game plan. He's a really That's, good yeah. He's a really good teacher from what everyone says. He's been around for 20 He's been around years. for 20 years. So they run similar style offenses as is. So they complement each other. They can put a they, they can put a game plan together for Trubisky, but I'm just interested to see if they're going to bring this whole West Coast offense, Oregon style into the league and it's never worked see an offensive coordinator though coming to an offensive minded head coach especially one who was a coordinator last season it's not like he's coming in there and calling all the plays I still think that it's going to be Nagy's offense so he might like you said be coming in more of a consulting role somebody has to help him game plan somebody has to get the guys ready every week somebody's just in charge of the offense and day-to-day stuff the meetings whatever it might be that's what he's going to be doing, right? He's helping them with the passing game. He's helping them break down film, things like that. But I don't think he's in there. He's not doing what Fangio's doing, right? Fangio is full on running the defense. Personnel, right? everything. Personnel, yeah. everything. Whereas Nagy, he's going to be involved in the offense. His time is going to be with Trubisky. Which, which like I said, he runs half of the building. They, everyone knows their roles. This is who's working on O. Yeah. This is who we have. And the other, the thing we haven't even talked about is – the Oregon, it, 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 fa- it falls a lot on the quarterback being able to make quick decisions, knowing where to go with the ball. Yeah. They also had skill players out there. They had great skill players. Michael James. Right. They had so like receivers out there. The, these are the type of guys that we're going to need to fill around. And they always had a good quarterback. Every year he had a good quarterback. He had, he had uh, Mariota, Masoli, who was good for the year, Dennis Dixon, Darren Thomas. Like, those dudes could all play. Now, that's a perfect segue into the, ne- the next piece. Quarterback. Kevin Fishbang, also of The Athletic, wrote an article named New Bears. This- and this made me nervous. New Bears offensive coordinator Mark uh, Helfrich is a smart guy. Just ask his former quarterbacks. Yo, that's fine. Great offensive mind, smart guy. I get all that. It's going to have to translate into some W's because he's been around 21 years. And not to be negative, not to be negative, Nancy, or whatever you want to call it, but like he hasn't had any superstar pupils come out of this. I haven't seen any titles come out of this offense. In Oregon? Yeah, at at Oregon, at he was at Arizona State, he was at Boise. They had good seasons. Well, Marcus Mariota fucking damn near won a Heisman and it was the second pick in the draft. No doubt. But that's a shit pro, but yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and what are we talking about? Yeah. We're talking about the pros. Sure. So this this article goes through basically the premise of this article is listen to Helfrich's former quarterbacks talk about how smart and how good of a guy he is. That's great. But, like, these former quarterbacks are Cody Hawkins. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. If you, if you know anything about college ball, he played for Colorado for a little bit. No, but wait, 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 wait. You're missing the biggest part about him playing for Colorado. His dad was, dad the, was coach. the coach. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. His dad so, was the head coach. Cody Hawkins is featured a ton in the um. What's the Cody the Hawkins article? Helfrich connection? Uh, he was with him at Colorado. Oh, so Helfrich was at Colorado. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He's with him at Colorado. The star is Marcus Mariota, but that's Chip Kelly had a lot to do with that. Helfrich had his hand in there, but Chip Kelly's there too. Then Darren Thomas, who you mentioned just a second ago, 
He's in the Arena League now. Like, shout out Darren Thomas. Yeah, Darren he, Thomas was decent. He's in the Arena League Didn't now. Didn't he get shot? But uh, I don't know. Something happened to something. Something weird happened to him, and he yeah he fucked up. But what what I'm getting at is they all say he's a really good guy. Really cares about his players. Really knows the offensive playbook. But like, where are the where's where where were the translations into like? Big time quarterbacks translating to the next level and becoming big time players in the NFL, or where are the the W's at when he's a head coach? He gets to Oregon, two years removed from Chip leaving and Mariota leaving. The team is four and eight. But is that a knock on him? The fact that he was that, able to that win? his team is four and eight two years well, after. Okay, yeah, but I'm he saying loses one quarterback he, and the and the coach that he was riding with leaves two years later you get the control of the program at Oregon that was getting all those skill players and you're four and eight like I said maybe Tripp was doing a great job recruiting who knows but um I think the fact that he won with a lot of those quarterbacks and did win he did have success with some of those people that you named and a lot of them didn't go on to have great success in the NFL might be more of a more that's a a good praise on him because he was just doing these are mediocre guys guys that are when you put him around some talent and guys who play on Sunday and are paid to play the game, he might be able to do a lot better, right? And we'll see. Or he this just is might a- just be a great X's and O's guys, which now you have NFL players who are a lot smarter who might be able to grasp onto his concepts a lot easier. Now, the flip side to that is what we were just talking about is NFL players are a lot smarter and defenses might be able to grasp onto what he's doing a lot quicker. So, again, I, I don't. My, I think you're putting a lot into that position, forgetting that, the, that at the end of the day we have an offensive-minded head coach who will really be controlling the offense and one who spent time in the NFL. And that's his boss. True. So it's not a helper going to walk in here and be like, hey, we're going to be holding up pictures on the side like we used to do at Oregon and all yeah. that crazy shit and, and fucking, you know, seven seconds or less offensive offense or whatever you want to call it. But um, he's going to but he's going to have a ton of influence. on. Will have a ton he, of I mean, influence. those are the two guys going to be sitting down coming up with the whole the, right. the whole game plan. But he needs a coordinator. If that guy shares the same vision of him as far as running a quick pace, you know, timed route off in uh, West Coast. Shotgun, offense, yeah. Shotgun, all that. Then why not have him there? But he can't just take over. And I don't think he will be. I'm just what I'm what I'm saying is that I'm, and, uh, when I when I sit back and look at the staff. This is who he's bringing on. I'm going to figure out what's going on with him, where he's been. He wasn't coaching last year. He wasn't doing anything. His head coaching gig, the last one he was at, he was at Oregon. He was 4-8. and eight. So I'm interested to see what happens with those guys. This is a big offseason for us. I hope they go out and get the personnel that they think they need. I'm glad it's offensive-minded, though. I'm excited to see what you know how Trubisky grows. I think the Rams is a perfect situation. That'd be awesome if we could spread it out and, and – and, produce some numbers that golf was doing out there so we'll see man i'm excited i'm excited to touch on that offense 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 can you imagine getting up on sunday turning on bears rat soldier and they're out there throwing the ball around all over the pitch shotgun i watched run pass option 45 the other day so anything is possible but get get some playmakers though i mean they they need some playmakers so yeah excited about that man bears coming they coming coming baby all right, quick, before we get out of here, let's talk about the NFL championship weekend, AFC oh, yeah. champ, NFC champ. This is always, you know what, low-key, more times than not, I think I like this Sunday more than I like the uh, the Super Bowl. For sure, without a doubt. Super Just because it's, it's back-to-back. So it takes forever. You're usually watching it with like 4,000 people, so it's not 
like a fun viewing experience. I don't know about you, but like, I don't know, man. Like you like just posting up. It's solo hard to almost, watch a football game with, with like people. twenty people, man. Yeah. Like you can't focus on what's going on. You're ordering drinks. You're having a it's good a party. time. It's a party, and you'll see like half the game, and you'll see the big plays. But like you never really like. We couldn't come here and break down a game after we had just got done watching it with twenty people. You know what I mean? Because we we weren't paying attention like that. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. know exactly what you mean. Yeah, the the championship Sunday. It's fun for me because there's two games back-to-back. Yep. They're usually almost always the best teams in the league. Yeah. And you get to see some top-notch football and then get that matchup into the Super Bowl, and then you can go down and break break all that down. And you don't have to wait the two weeks. Like, it's right at, it's a week after the divisional. It's, it's all right there for you, everything. AFC, New England has the Jaguars, which I think is going to be a great game. The line is nine points, which is outrageous. It's a lot of points. I know it's in New England, but I don't really. I, I could care less about that. The Jags have the best. We'll, we'll, we'll go into it in a second. Yeah. That's the AFC matchup. The NFC matchup is Philly and Minnesota. That's going to be another interesting game. Very interesting game. Um, it's in Philly. Nick Foles is playing, but the Vikings are animals on defense yeah. as well. So that's going to be an interesting game too. Let's kick it off. Um, with the AFC, Jacksonville at New England, like I said, the spread is nine. Give me your pick off the spread, then we can just get into the game as is. We'll talk Jalen Ramsey too. Nine points is a lot of points, but it's hard for me to pick against New England. Like they're they're against the spread numbers are just like absurd. at home. Yeah, Ab- uh, absurd. absurd. Holler at my pops. In general, even holler like, at my yeah, pops. Yeah, He'll tell just, you they're just absurd. <laughs> so like they cover like damn near every week. My like, pops know. took them in the pick'em. Every single week, yeah. the whole season. And you have an 80% chance of winning, he, 85% he, chance of winning. He was covering 14 points, yeah. 14 and a yeah, half, the whole thing. They'll cover some crazy-ass spreads. So if, 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 if you really put a gun to my head and wanted me to gamble on, I'm taking New England and, and giving the points. That's my pick on that. Yeah. As far as who's going to yeah, – You couldn't go against them, huh? I couldn't go against them, no. And I couldn't put – I couldn't – I don't care how many points you're spotting me, and I don't care how well he's playing right now. It's just still hard for me to take Blake Bortles on a game in Foxborough, especially with the way this Patriots defense is playing, which is the, uh, the, the, the big thing right now. Defensively, the Patriots are playing really, really well. You know, in the beginning of the year, the biggest issue with them was their defense. They were giving up a ton of points, giving up a ton of yards. Brady was having to come out and throw four or five touchdowns for them to win. I think as the season's gone on, their defense has really gotten good, and they played really well last week. They did. Yeah. I'm going to take the points. Okay. Over the years, when has Brady struggled? Cold weather games? No, when the pass rush is on his oh, ass. Oh, yeah, yeah. He Low-key, people don't talk about that. He he gets a little little nervy in there. If the pass rush is on him, yeah. I mean, I guess well, just like any other thing. quarterback. That's a known thing, though. That's but the way to beat the Patriots, especially now that he's, he's fucking 40. You put pressure on that boy, which the Jaguars can do. Yeah. On top of having the best defensive pass defense in the league. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey leading the way. Bouye. Yeah, I mean, they nine, nine points, I'll take all of them. Okay. And they can run the ball. Yeah. I'll take all nine. Okay. So, and they believe, I think. I, th- I really think they believe they can win. They should. That's a that's another that's another factor. They in won't, that too. but they should. <laughs> so I'll take the nine. It's going to be an interesting game. 
How you feel about Jalen Ramsey talking that whole like we're going we're going to the Super Bowl and we're going to win that bitch. That's what he said. Yeah, he said that shit multiple times. Like, we're going to win that bitch. Yeah, he said we're going to win that bitch. <laughs> He said it I multiple thought, times. I thought all the Jaguars trash talk after the game was wonderful. I loved all of it because the Steelers were talking so much shit, and then they got their asses busted. Shout out AB, that's yeah. my boy, yeah, man. AB, a, AB, that that catch, that that touchdown catch he had was fucking unreal. That dude is an animal. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah, he's um, a, he, he's ridiculous. But so I love I love the Jaguars' confidence, man. I love how high they're riding. I love all that. I just I don't see. Any situation in which they go up against go up into Foxborough and win, I can't see so many things that shouldn't happen would have to happen. Number one, Blake Bortles has to beat Tom Brady. Gus Bradley has to beat Bill Belichick. It's a, it's a defense versus offense. That's it's a what defense it is. versus offense. If they put pressure on that boy Brady, yeah, he'll he'll crumble, bro. If they do, if they do, and teams have been putting pressure on Brady all year. But either way, man, I mean, I just I think that that's a big if. Because if they don't, they do not have a chance in hell. Do I think they win? No, but I'll take the nine. You'll take the nine? Okay. Put it like that. I got you. Should I probably wouldn't touch game. it. I wouldn't touch it. That's the first game of the day, too. Yeah. So they're, they're, we're going to kick it off in Foxborough at 3 and o'clock. there's going to be a lot of action on that yeah. game because it is the first game yeah. of the day. It'll be, it'll, Everybody that, that, wants to bet on that first game on the ticket. That'll be an interesting game. Then. You think that line moves or no? We're solid at nine. I think it'll probably go down a little bit. Yeah? Yeah, I think it'll go down. Nine is a lot. What do you think we settle in at? Eight. Eight? Yeah, eight and a half. I think it, it might stay at nine. I, de- I definitely don't think it goes up. Yeah. So No, it's not going to go yeah, up. Yeah, I, I, don't think it goes, I don't think it goes above nine. So we'll see what happens. Then the late game is, and you know, we're NFC folks anyway. Fuck yeah. the AFC low key. Yeah. <laughs> we're NFC people through and through anyway. Minnesota... Goes to Philly with a chance if they win to play the Super Bowl at home. At home, never been done before. That'll be a scene. Allegedly, the NFL has a plan in place to subdue the home field advantage. I don't know what uh, that could possibly what are, what are you, be. What are you gonna do? Um, Wait, it's just I don't know. They, something about the tickets. Or, their I, stadium. What are they gonna do? Make them play at a different stadium? <laughs> no, no. I mean, like in other words, like the the whole they they have something. In place where the whole building won't be Vikings fans that that bought those tickets, tickets up, are already sold. Yeah, there's a good chunk that are up for sale though. Those tickets are already, yeah. I don't. That's bullshit. If Vikings fans rush with the money in their hand, they want to pay for the tickets, and they're there first. They should be able to buy the fucking tickets. They're not going to allow a certain amount of tickets from Minnesota from the state of Minnesota. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. I haven't heard that yet. That's bullshit. Yeah, that, I, that's what I read. That's, that's, that's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my entire life. It makes me completely hate the NFL more. They don't want the whole building with the horns out. I don't give a fuck. If you have the money and you want to pay for the ticket, it doesn't matter who you're rooting for. I don't know how they would even get that how done they anyway. Do uh, they're they're going to restrict the buying online from Minnesota uh, driver's license. Teams have done this before. I know. I forget what it was, dude, but it was a college team. And there was a college game, and they wanted to restrict how many people from the other team could buy their tickets. So they weren't allowing t- uh, people to buy tickets if they had an Ohio driver's license or some shit like that. I almost think it was like an Ohio State football. It was some shit like that. Yeah. That's uh, absurd. 
Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, they got to be, they got to go to Philly and win first. Anyway. Look, man, motherfuckers ain't rushing to go to Minnesota in February either. So you better sell them tickets. Whoever's ready to buy them. No, that's this is the NFL Super Bowl, yeah, bro. That shit will be packed. I don't, they could put that shit. They could put that shit in a, in in, uh, in, Anchorage? in Alaska in Anchorage. <laughs> that shit will be packed. Um, how you feel about the game? Vikings are minus three. I think they put it on Nick Foles. Yeah. And I I think they go to the Super Bowl. So with Carson Wentz, this is a layup, I think, for Philly, right? I, I, and I feel like Foles. A layup. Not a layup, but I think if, I don't think Foles is playing bad. He's playing fine, but Carson Wentz was playing outrageous. With Carson Wentz, it's a win. Yeah. I agree. Um, Minnesota, you want to talk about confidence. To come After off that, that game? win last week, yeah. You had, you had uh, Case Keenum doing the. <laughs> Doing yeah. the little clap thing. You have Stephon Diggs doing the stand up on the thing with his arms crossed for like beast. 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, they're just playing really well, man. They play defense out of this world. Keenum makes plays when he needs to, he doesn't turn the ball over. They got playmakers on the field. She be throwing up some bullshit sometimes, yeah. though. But you like know some what? Rex Grossman type yeah, looking yeah, shit. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Like yeah. he, like you're like when you see it when it, when he lets it go you're like oh my god yeah. what is he doing he's a gunslinger yeah but um he's playing well man coming um, off of that win against the Saints with the opportunity to play at home yes and Philly doesn't have their best player that's what I'm saying that's with tough no, yeah you're, so you're asking Foles to go in there and really have to win that game which I think is a tall order for and him. they almost lost last week yeah they easily could have lost that game to the for Falcons sure they could have yeah they only I put mean, up 15 points yeah I um. I got the Vikings. They're lucky the Falcons are trash and have been trash since last year's Super Bowl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got the Vikings. I think it's still going to be a good game just because it's in Philly. But I think the Vikings pull it out, and I think the Vikings cover the number. Um, it should be interesting. So let me ask you a question. So now we talk Vikings, about – Vikings-Patriots will be a good one too. We've talked about both of these games, right? And – uh so the fact that there's a guarantee that either Nick Foles or Case Keenum is going to start a Super Bowl and there's a chance that Blake Bortles could start in a Super Bowl, what does that do to the franchise QB argument? Now, these guys have all played well. Keenum has played really well. Obviously, he's you know uh, Bortles has played mistake-free football. They've kind of controlled him within the offense, asked him to make plays when he needs to, but it's not the Blake Bortles show in Foles, and you know, it's only his third start, but he's played all right. But out and obviously Brady's a franchise quarterback, so we won't talk about him. But those three guys are, are just average quarterbacks, right? At the end of the day, those guys could have been had by any team in the league at the beginning of the year, right? So what what does that say about your franchise quarterback thing? Absolutely nothing. That's what I, that's where I was going towards too. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Yeah. You need a franchise quarterback. You need a franchise because quarterback. if you put a franchise quarterback with one of these defenses, it's lights out Super right. Bowl time. So you need a franchise quarterback. I mean, we've seen this before with the Ravens, Trent Dofer. We've seen this before with mediocre type the guys. The Buccaneers. Uh, um, fucking, who was the guy's name that he won a Super Bowl with over there? Uh, Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this before, right? Yeah. So, these, if you put a, a franchise type quarterback with. I mean, you. in other words, what the Eagles were earlier in the year, you saw what was going on. They had a franchise quarterback at the helm in his second year with some experience under his belt. They were unbeatable almost. Yeah. They were rolling people yeah. every week. Yeah, every week. And then he goes down, and they're still winning games because their defense is wild, out of control, good. 
and they have a guy that's a game manager. He's not bad, but he's not good. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't do anything to, to the to the franchise quarterback argument. You need a franchise quarterback. For example, if you even put Kirk Cousins, who's the next that's, step oh, above these guys, they're they're tough to beat. You put Kirk I, I, Cousins on Minnesota, Kirk tough to two, beat. Two steps above Blake Bortles, two or three steps above Blake Bortles. Yeah, I mean Kirk Cousins. Look, people, I don't know where the disrespect comes from. Look at his numbers over the past three years. Kirk Cousins has ridiculous numbers over the last. Yeah, three years. his his knock comes from that. He just puts up a bunch of. Airy yeah, numbers, yeah, just throws, like throws they're not. Four thousand yards. Yeah, they're not. Touchdowns. They're not really. There's no substance to the numbers. Yeah. that's what. That's the but knock. You put on him, him on Jacksonville, and they got a whip. But right, like a legitimate, like they're a legitimate problem. And low key, they should go get him next year. They should go get him. If Washington's dumb enough to let Kirk Cousins go again, come from a city where we've been searching for a franchise quarterback for years. I don't know why they don't want to pay Kirk Cousins. I don't know what who they're saving the money for, whatever. If they tag him again, it's something like $34 million this year. So if he gets tagged, shout out Kirk Cousins. He's in a great position right now. He's in a fucking awesome position. But, yeah, that, that whole thing, I've never understood it. And if I'm Jacksonville and they want to let him walk, if I'm Jacksonville, I'm, I'm lining up at Kirk Cousins' door right now with the bag. Yeah. Like, name your blank check, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. We got I mean, Super Bowl defense. We got a great running back. And you already know how it works with these NFL windows too. Yeah, this Jacksonville defense is, is 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 great. Yeah, but it won't be great for very long. Somebody's gonna want to get paid. The, someone's gonna want to a whole bunch of a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. All that different yeah. stuff. I mean, the NFL window is no fucking it's joke. Quick. You got to capitalize on that shit. Talk to the San Francisco 49ers fans. Talk to the Seattle Seahawks fans. Yeah, that window's closed. That window's yeah, closed. That window's closed. I mean, it's pretty close. Well, they still got a franchise quarterback. Yeah, franchise quarterback, no offensive line. The defense is old as shit. That window's closed. I mean, they're, they're not going to be Super Bowl contenders. But when you have the franchise quarterback, you have the ability to rebuild. True. But you have to rebuild it. You, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, that can take a lot of time. For sure. Now, it's time to win in Jacksonville right now today. Right now today. You know what I mean? So, you got to go. Whatever holes you need to fill, go fill them if you, if you have that opportunity. The biggest one too. is quarterback. So... Championship weekend this weekend. I got Vikings, Patriots in the Super Bowl. That'll be a good one. I got Vikings, Patriots as well. Um, Part of me really wants to see Blake Bortles start a Super Bowl game, though. I, pardon, I, I don't want to see that. I, I want to see that defense. And I, I, I think Jacksonville in the Super Bowl will be a good story. Yeah. Blake Bortles. I don't think that's the story, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Blake Bortles is the story, but hey, Blake it'd be a good play. story. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we'll see what happens there, man. No catch up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. Keep listening. Subscribe. Check out uh, the latest interview with Osborne Kwame. Chicago producer. Shout out, Shout out Osborne. Oz. Kwame Osborne. Oz the guy. Oz the goat. Field level interview. That's live right now on YouTube. Go check that out. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five star review. Check us out. Tell your friends. For Nick the Quick, I am Sean Little. No catch up Chicago. For Chicago by Chicago. Listen up.